welcome back everybody to a brand new episode of the movies and brews podcast where we talk movies and we drink some brews i'm jordan and staring me through the screen here is one of his many avatars daniel hello hello today daniel and i are going to be talking a new docuseries on netflix called high score which i am really looking forward to this daniel oh yeah i know we were prior to this we're like yeah maybe we'll do one half and we'll do with the other half and then i text you i'm like yeah i finished it and then apparently yeah. you finished it so it was a pr- it went down smooth thing. but yeah we'll get into it here in a little bit so everybody sit back relax grab a drink and let's get to the next level cheers cheers what do you got on your end there oh uh, yeah any beer? No. Well, I do have a beer. All right. I don't have just bubbly. I just have an Alphadelic IPA from Hot Valley. Pretty straightforward, but really good. So I've got something new here I've never had. Um, from Pono Brewing. Is that Pono or Pono? Uh, Pono is, would be my guess. Pono Brewing. Pineapple Express is what it's called. It's a Colch style ale. And this is delicious. Where'd you get it? New Market season? of choice. Margaret of choice, of course, of course. I don't know. I've never had a pineapple light. Well, I've, I've probably had like citrus IPAs that had different things in it, but never yeah, a straight pineapple. Yeah, it's more just a Kolsch style ale going down, but then at right up at the end of it, you can just taste that aftertaste of that sweet pineapple, and it's really good. Perfect. So you can just have it for breakfast. Yep. There you go. <laughs> and it's good for you because it's got fruit in it. <laughs> well, Daniel, let's uh, let's get into some. Uh, Movie news. Anything good out there going? I know we have some tragic well, news that happened this last week. Yeah, well, Jordan, I know you're bummed out what by the news uh Sylvester Stallone. Uh the news about him, which was that he's working on director's cut for Rocky five. Or I don't know, I V. Is that four? That'd be four. Yeah, okay. I'm bad with Roman numerals. But okay, so Rocky Four. What? So he's doing like a director's cut for like its anniversary or something. I don't know why he's doing it. But he's putting together a director's cut and he confirmed that he wants to cut out Polly's robot. Uh, <laughs> he's talking about cutting out from the movie entirely. I will say that does date the movie. I was thinking about I'm like, it's probably, I haven't seen it in a while, but all the Rockies are pretty timeless for the most part. But something like that shitty little robot. Then you robot have that damn butler, robot. <laughs> yeah, I would get rid of it. I'm like, yeah, how do we show that Rockies made a lot of money from fighting? Put him in a mansion? No, nah, no, nah, we'll also give him a robot. Yeah, robot, butler. Yeah, I, man. Okay, I was going to say, like, what, are they going to gonna have Apollo Creed live or something? Spoiler alert. No, but... So I just thought that was kind of fun, kind of interesting. And I'm something that... The article was like, oh, fans are split. I'm like, I doubt anybody really gives a shit about the robot. Well, it's like I got every Rocky film on Blu-ray already. I'll watch this new edition, but it's not going to like affect how I feel about the overall. It's not going to turn into the original Star Wars cut. <laughs> no, it's not even close. And if it's poo, I'll just be like, meh, got the original on the shelf right there. Yeah, exactly. But so I thought that was kind of fun. Also, we got some Ant-Man 3 news, which the director, Peyton Reed, 
just said like it was a small snippet that said that in the new movie will be bigger and more expansive than sprawling is what he said which is fine like all the movies are kind of big i still don't feel like it's going to be as big as a mainline movie i just hope it's I kind of better than the, the second one i was not the biggest ant-man wasp fan that one was definitely in the lower third of marvel movies for me i don't know i just i think that no matter what as long as paul rudd's in it it makes it i mean he's super likable so even if the movie is like eh he just makes it better Bring I mean, Edgar, I still really I like Edgar Ant-Man right and the Wasp, but I also like how they kind of like when it's his time, their stories are kind of on a way smaller scale, which you know makes sense for the character. So I'd be interested scale. to see how they, yeah, I'd be interested what bigger and like more sprawling for Ant-Man looks like. Is it still like kind of low, like low, kind of lower stakes, or are they going to try and up the stakes to a lot higher? I guess I don't know. All I right. Know. I'm so. Is will this be part of Phase Five then? Because isn't uh, all of four announced at this point? I think so. Okay. But you know, there's always room for moving stuff around. I mean, who knows what's going to happen since all these things got delayed? You know, like, are they going to just put start putting out the movies at a faster pace to catch themselves up, or what's going to happen? Or are we just like the MCU, what we would have seen in two years, we or instead in the next year we'll see in like two years i don't know yeah Ooh, i heard a rumor i think uh it's thursday in two days from now we're supposed to get a new bond trailer i was hearing about that too i tried to find something that said when it was coming out they released a new poster which i was totally sold in the last trailer we got for that yeah it was a solid trailer it was like the like i said it that trailer made it look like like the Mission Impossible Fallout of Bond, which in a good way. Like if you don't like that movie, I'm sorry. I think it's fucking sweet. <laughs> One of my favorites. But watch Mission Impossible tonight. I was thinking of like fun. I need to watch a movie tonight. Nice. Well, um, yeah. One of so my roommates. No, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say. So no confirmed date on that trailer, but it's supposed to be coming soon, is what I've been hearing too. Where's the Mandalorian trailer? I need a Mandalorian trailer in my life, Daniel, for season two. I mean, if season two is still coming out in November, and it's now September 1st, I, this is... I feel like any time now. It's got to be. Like, it's the start of the fall. Things are starting to, like, summer's kind of winding down, which, where was summer? It just kind of was here and went Came this year. and went quick. Yeah. So... I mean, I guess I, I made it to California. So. That was something I did. Yeah. I don't know. So it's uh, it's got to come soon. Like I kept like last week, I thought it was confirmed because I'm like, oh, Jordan, it's gonna be during the NBA game, and then no, it wasn't. Man, I got and friends I, all excited I just keep for that. People and pushing like, it down the road now. Like, they were texting me like, "Where's the trailer? The game's over. What happened to the trailer?" I'm like, "I don't know, man. I don't know." Uh, yeah, I know. I was just like, "Fuck!" And then I looked it up, and like, it was a rumor. I'm like, "Oh, that article that I read just made it sound like it was tonight." I'm like that bastard. Just sitting here with my, with my little Lego, waiting for the trailer. <laughs> now your new ship. Yeah, why don't you tell audiences what you picked up today? Oh yeah, well since it's not a Lego podcast, but we were talking about Star Wars and the Mandalorian, so we picked up. Well, I picked up the uh razor crest lego set that came out today hell yeah and it looks fucking sweet yeah it's got little baby yoda 
I'm going to get one soon. So I went with Daniel and I was about to get one. And I was like, no, I this is brand new. What I need to get before it goes out of, uh, before it retires is the Batman 1989 Batmobile. Then I was like, wait a minute. There's that Hogwarts Express I've been looking for for the last like three, four months. It hasn't been on any store shelf lately. There it is. There's one left. I should probably grab it. So yep. I walked out with that instead. Well, you made a good choice. Got some free stuff and Harry Potter and the Mandalorian, both movie related. So that's how we tie it back to the podcast. That's right. I'm very excited. I'm, I have about four sets now of Harry Potter stuff that I've not opened yet and built. Might actually do one tonight. It'd be kind of fun, well, especially while I watch Maybe. something. Hell yeah, do it. It's always a good time. Very relaxing. Um, and I, got, I got a couple more things. One is I saw today... No other details besides a headline, but that the Fresh Prince is going to return in like a reunion special on HBO for the 30 year anniversary. Oh, cool. Awesome. Which is cool. I saw a lot of people like, I, you love Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I definitely like, like it and I like it when I watch it, but I don't like watch it a lot. That was my go-to after school in junior high. Go home and watch an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Nice. Yeah, I know. It's a great show. So they're going to have a reunion special. Obviously, it won't have Uncle Phil. No. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. But I wonder if they'll have know, both People Vivians. were talking about if they're going to have the... Yeah, that's what people are saying. Like, I wonder which Vivian they got or if they got both of them. Oh, I, I hope they got both. Yeah. A lot of people don't think the original one's going to show up, but... Wouldn't surprise me, but I hope they get both. But, yeah, man... Yeah, may James Avery rest in peace. Hopefully, um, Alfonso will give some Carlton dancing. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, well, so that'll, that'll be, fun. be... I don't know what it entails. Like, it's, I feel like it might be on the same... On Well, I would say along the same lines as that Friends reunion special, but we haven't even seen that yet. Yeah. So, so HBO Max also. Like, it, yeah, on, both on HBO Max, and there it says it's expected to release around Thanksgiving. The Fresh Prince one. Yeah, so Sweet. not too long. Hey, I'm down. Cool, awesome. Well, I need to keep watching more. I'm still on season one. I started and watched a bunch at first, and then I slowed way down. But yeah, good stuff though. Okay, and the last, well, not the last bit. I have one more quick thing before the big thing, but just because I thought it was humorous. Uh, people had st- are actually critics are starting to see the new mutants. It finally got in front of people. So that's something I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I've seen some reviews. I haven't watched them yet, but I've seen some of my favorite YouTubers putting up reviews for New Mutants, Bill and Ted, and Tenant. Now I thought Tenant we were waiting until theaters open again. There's, I mean, I know they've done like some IMAX screen, like private screenings. Because I saw Edgar Wright tweet that he saw Tenet. Really? Yeah. So I'm assuming there it's like well, what some about, pre- like What about us, the general public? Can we? I know it's it? opening in China. I don't think I don't think we have like a release date or anything nailed in. Dang. But so New Mutants though. Is that something we just get online and watch then? Well, I was hoping so I wouldn't have to go to a theater or. 
I don't know. So yeah, right now, like it's for releasing... my, my ignorant audience, sorry. <laughs> uh, it's like it's. I didn't even realize they were gonna release it. Then it's just like, yeah, they just put it out. I'm like, you should have just fucking dumped it on Hulu. They should have dumped it a long time ago. Long I don't know why they ago. kept delaying it. Like I, I was reading an article about how they Fox considered reshooting the entire movie because they didn't like it that much. So at that point, I'm like, uh, if you don't like it that much, you don't think don't, it's fixed. Well, yeah, just if you don't like it that it. much, just scrap it but so the new mutants is sitting at a 33 percent with a handful of reviews right now maybe we uh watch that and the new bill and ted and just do a review on both of those i wish here's, but, movie, here's movies we didn't ask for but here they are anyway i, I know some yeah. people are excited about bill and ted i don't know anybody that's excited about new mutants I was interested because I'm like, how bad is it? If you don't want me to see it, it's one of those things like, well, I need to see it more now to see how horrible mm-hmm. it is. You know, and to be fair, I 33% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I had to look up how much Dark Phoenix was and Dark Phoenix is 22%. So yeah. it should be better than Dark Phoenix. As long as it's there Dark Phoenix. Apparently. You know, I almost forgot about that movie until you mentioned it. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus if you want to not watch it. I'm good. I got yeah. Logan, Logan on the shelf right there. 50 times better. <laughs> exactly. So that is pretty much everything, which brings us to uh, the big news of the week. And you've already seen it. I don't know anybody who hasn't heard about it, but Chadwick Bozeman passed away. I think it was on Friday. Or it was announced on Friday, I believe. Yeah, at least it was announced on Friday. Which actually, it was kind of, honestly, like, it was kind of crazy. Because I was literally, like, I still remember where I was. I don't know, like, weird. I was, well, I was sitting down just playing video games. And my girlfriend was next to me. And she looks up and she's like, oh, my God, Chadwick Boseman died. And I'm like, and I'm not really good with name, like, celebrity names at all. So I'm just like, took me a second. I'm like, who is it? She's like, Black Panther. I'm like, holy shit dude that guy's like in his 30s so when i was shocked to find out that he's 43 he doesn't he yeah never I was 43. A, that was one of the i mean him dying was a huge shock but finding out his age i thought he was 10 years younger minimal exactly so i was just like kind of surprised i'm like wow like because he still looked good and i was like thinking about it and shiloh was telling me like the details because she was reading it next to me about and he battling with colon cancer for the last four years i'm like so he made so i was just like thinking about that and how i mean cancer fucking sucks no matter what you cancer you get but to be able to not well he didn't make it public but he did black panther civil war and infinity war and endgame like he did all of those movies within that entire time span yeah i think he'd already filmed civil war before he found out about his diagnosis uh which is but again, back to his age, when I saw him in Civil War for the first time, I thought he was like 28, not 38. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. But yeah, I'm sure, I think it was after the Civil War came out. Um, so he probably he, had, well, he had it when he was in Civil War. He might not have found out until Yeah, after I think he found out film. afterwards, but was going to treatments during the filming of Black Panther and Infinity War and Endgame. Right. You know, and I was thinking about this because I remember, like, it was only like a year after Black Panther. Like, I feel like it was after Infinity War Part One that I was hearing rumors online, which is like, oh, they're talking about like 
passing the Black Panther torch on to like his sister in the movie. I remember thinking like, why would they do that? He just got here and he's fucking sweet. Why? And maybe they already knew. So maybe they're already trying to plan like a planned exit or something for his character. Man. Yeah. I need, I need to go watch his other stuff though. I want to watch his James Brent. So I didn't even know, I remember the trailers for these, but I didn't know who he was at the time that it was the same guy. But yeah, he was in the James Brown biopic, Get Up, or Get On Up or something, and 42. Yeah, I need to go see these movies with him. I know we have, I think, one of them in our our digital library, I think 42. Yeah, I think we have that one. Yeah, I was thinking about that too, because I hadn't, shamefully, I have not seen anything outside of his Marvel movies. But I don't know, it's just, I don't know, it was crazy. So unexpected. You just just wouldn't expect to be gone. Just like, I know. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. And no matter what, like, it's sad that he died, but 43, still so much life to live. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just is weird. It just was a strange feeling to find out that he died. I mean, especially it's an Avenger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, if all the celebrities to die, you don't think it's going to be one of the Avengers. I don't know. So, yeah. So, I don't know. That's just sad. And... I don't know, it's just kind of a bummer. DC, like, maybe. But Avenger, no way. Maybe, yeah. So that's just sad to hear. So, all right. Well, after that, now we get to talk about movies we watched. Yeah. I'm all sad. All right, let's move on. To I know. <laughs> Happier days, Daniel. And let's yeah. talk a couple of movies we saw this last week. Um, I really just have one, maybe. Okay. I have two. Well, three, but it's pretty much two. All right. Why don't you go first? All right. Well, it was actually when we found out Chadwick Boseman died, I was just like, looked at Chad. I'm like, do you want to watch a Marvel movie? You know, just to watch him. And so we actually, we ended up actually watching, we didn't end up watching Black Panther, but we watched Infinity War part one and two back to back. And that's the first time I've done that. And we finished at like 1.30 in the morning. Wait, so you watched Infinity War and Endgame? Like five hours of... Jeez. Yeah, we just sat down. We took a bathroom break in between. But I don't know. We just uh, that's we were going to watch a Marvel movie with uh, Chadwick Boseman in it. So we chose those two. Show hadn't seen either of them. Oh, really? Yeah, so she was like, oh. And she was like, kept looking at me, especially in Endgame. Especially when she... Because she knows... Um, Captain America was is my favorite one and so she's like how amazing was it in theaters when you saw Captain America use Thor's hammer and I kept telling her I'm like I literally squealed and that's not an exaggeration because I squealed when I saw it and then that... Connor turned and looked at me and said don't fucking do that <laughs> <laughs> Because it was just a high-pitched eek. Like, I just remember everyone, woo! I mean, that almost got a standing ovation. I mean, that, to me, was my favorite part of that whole movie. Oh, yeah. It's the most hype moment for me. It would, It had some pretty badassery to it. I mean, I, yeah. There's, I'm nitpicky about that one. There's definitely things that could have been better, I think. But, uh, man, that moment, though, was just huge. Uh, I still, like, think it was amazing. And I still had a great time watching it again. Because I hadn't seen it, I think I saw it twice in theaters. I don't think I've watched it. I haven't watched it since theaters. I saw it twice in theaters also, but I haven't watched it since. Yeah, well, they put but, on... I mean, I'm Disney kind of Plus. on a Marvel break right now. If I watch, go back and watch some, I'm going to watch some of the 
phase one stuff, some OG Marvel. And then, of course, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Or I'll go back to Super OG and go watch some actual Blade. Yeah, those are... Sam Raimi Spider-Man. I know. I've been itching to watch Sam Raimi Spider-Man recently. Like, all three. I I should have a marathon to watch all three. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah, that's all I did. So we watched uh, Infinity War and Endgame. And Shiloh was out for the first time. She thought it was really cool. She enjoyed it. She hasn't seen all of it. So, like, throughout, I was answering a few small questions, but she didn't miss anything major. So she she enjoyed it a lot. Sweet. All right. So I saw a fun movie recently. Uh, I don't think we did an episode on this because it came out before the podcast. But anyway, I watched The Disaster Artist. And I got to say, holds up, still fun. I remember you and I went saw that in theaters together, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Anyway, still fun. Had some laughs. I watched it with somebody that had never seen it before, so they laughed, and it was just fun watching them have a good time and enjoy it. But yeah, I mean, James Franco and even his brother, great performances by those two. Everybody in it, like, I love Seth Rogen. It's kind of like a serious dude. He's the camera guy. Oh, gosh, he is hilarious, because, like, he's just all serious, but, like, everything he says is still funny. Yeah. But what what a great movie about um, the making of one of the worst movies that ever came out. And I've still never seen The Room because it's not easy to find. Yeah. Hopefully if theaters open up again, somebody has like a re, uh, some kind of reunion thing for it. I'd, I'd well, it's kind of, it. apparently it's one of those movies that just like has cult nights, you know, like how Rocky Horror Picture Show just like happens all the time and people like throw stuff during the movie. It's kind of like one of those movies. Like there's a point when you like click spoons together and stuff during the room. I don't know. I've still never seen it. Yeah. I should watch it. Well, so I'm watching it with one of her aunts and she was like the whole time, she's like, is this like, is this for real? Like they made a movie. This is based off a true story, right? They made a movie this bad. Like everything I'm seeing is like, and I'm like, just wait, just wait. And finally we get to the end credit sequence where they're showing side by side comparisons of what they shot in Disaster Artist versus what the room you know, scenes from the actual room, and she was like, oh my god. Yeah, I remember, because those were, like, dead on. Well, it was the same thing when I, uh, when I saw Dolomite is my name, I went and watched the first, like, maybe first act of the Dolomite movie from the 70s. Uh-huh. Same thing. And you're just like, wow. I mean, like, remember the scene when they, they shot when he was, like, uh, oh, I think, like, outside some, in someone's driveway? I, I don't know if you so. remember that. Remember the other scene though, where like uh, there he's talking to somebody in an office. That's the part where they say I, "cut," and he's like, "Ah, oh, damn, that was good, right?" or something like that. I I don't remember. I only saw it once, and I haven't oh, seen gosh. it for a while. Yeah. Oh, anyway, same thing. But yes, it was great. Anyway, yeah, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I own it, so check it out. Disaster artist. Nice. All right. So my last thing that I watched was something I already told you about. You already know I watched it, but ever since like we started watching this, the high score series, I'm like, oh man, I got back into one of my documentary moods. So I was looking for other stuff and lo and behold, HBO just put out a new documentary. Only one episode, like it's only a single documentary, hour and a half long and that's it. But it was called Class Action Park which is a documentary about like an 80s New Jersey water park slash amusement park and just how fucked up everything was. 
You and, mean how awesome everything was. I mean, I saw it and I'm like, this is fucked up. But if I was a teenager, would I have gone? Yes, of course. That looked so cool. I definitely would have gone here. So let's see here. So I heard that I think it's the son of the original, the guy that started the park. Uh, what is it? Do they say any names? Because I got Andy and Jake here. Um, I don't remember. So anyway, but, he, yeah, he a was a, he shows up multiple times during the documentary. Okay, because there's a book out there called Action Park: Fast Times, Wild Rides, and the Untold Story of America's Most Dangerous Amusement Park. He was on a talk show or a podcast. A couple. He was on the Corolla Show a couple, like a month ago or whatever. And talking about the book, talking about just the park in general, and yeah, I, I, I'm actually this might be the movie I go watch tonight. Is this because I want to see this? But yeah, give give us your um, reactions to it because yeah, I heard him talk about it on the Corolla show. I mean, it's okay. I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to name specifics because when you're watching it and they're just like telling you about all this stuff because it just blows my mind. Like, I mean, I'm 26, so I. I wasn't even born when this place shut down, <laughs> you know, but especially like going to amusement parks, like Six Flags and like other stuff and been to Disney. It just like, especially now, cause like, you know, I didn't grow up in the eighties. No, I grew well, up like, not quite, too, you would, well, you would never have a park like this ever now. No, I couldn't even imagine it. And if they did, there's no way in fucking hell I was going to be able to go to that. I mean, I mean just think, just point, think too, like when you go to the beach, or, they used to have like a, 30, 40 years ago, they had signs with like maybe five things like do not do or these are the rules of the beach. Now the sign is like 30 things listed that do not do or whatever. Right. So yeah, anyway, as far as like just society goes, I couldn't even imagine a park like this existing now. It could not. And all the fucked up shit that they did in this park like was just insane. Like just essentially goes over like tons of injuries, but how the park came to be in the owner was just a super eccentric like ex-Wall Street guy and he was just getting bankrolled by people he knew on Wall Street for all of his batshit ideas which money and batshitness do not mix usually <laughs> it's the only <laughs> it I need to see this <laughs> dude it's just insane like going over the rides I mean like I just don't even want to tell you what type of rides they had yeah, I was just, the like, guy sold me on the book I definitely want to read that too but oh now that the doc's out there on HBO, HBO Max it's or whatever, worth it. like yeah. I was telling, I was telling Gavin about that. He's like, "Oh yeah, me and my girlfriend are gonna sit down and watch it now." And I was telling Shiloh about it, and she's like, "That does sound cool." I'm like, "All right, I will sit down and watch it again with you because it's just that shit crazy. All the shit that they did, they extorted the town that they were in. They fucking <laughs> like the the guy who made Action Park was a, possibly affiliated with the mob." <laughs> And that's also people are like, and that's maybe how he got away with things as long as he did. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and 70s, also, 80s. it's just as dangerous as the park already was. You fold on top of that, like, like when, everything when, else, run by fucking teenagers. Yeah. When when did he start it? Mid seventies, because I know it went through the entire eighties, and then it was shut down. When did it get shut down? Like ninety four, ninety six? I think it got shut down in ninety four. Okay. I think I think I remember like I'm like shit. The year I was born, this place shut down. Man, I need to see this. But yeah, seriously, it is super entertaining. The interviews are like from the the son of the guy, townspeople in the town, um, people who actually went to Action Park all the time as a kid, 
and like a few ex-employees. Like it's everybody you want to hear from in a documentary like this. Gosh, this, this sounds amazing. It was. It honestly was just crazy. It was insane to, because every time they revealed like a new ride, you're like, there's no way I would ever see something like that. Then they reveal another one that they had and I'm just like, no fucking way. Like one of the things that go-karts next to a beer garden, which is already not a good idea, but the go-karts they had went up to 60 miles an hour. Oh. So you got a bunch of drunk drivers driving 60 miles an hour go-karts. Holy shit. That is one of the things I will say, but there's so much other crazy oh. stuff in there. Must watch this. Must watch this. <laughs> yeah. Dude, watch it. Definitely watch it. I, I recommend it to everybody now. I had a blast. It was insane. Oh, man. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for other things we saw this week. Let's get to our main docuseries on tap. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. recommended this docuseries and i'm glad he did because man did i have a blast watching this we watched high score on netflix six part docuseries each episode averaging 45 minutes and i gotta say first off the bat goes down smooth like that six episodes just went by so quick yeah i I watched Um, it in like three different segments like i think i watched two one morning then two the next morning and then two later that night but the whole thing just went by quick and yeah, my gosh, what fun. Oh yeah, I know. I I remember I was just like, you know, we we I had seen it. I saw a trailer for it a few weeks ago. Then I'm like, okay, that, that sounds cool. Then I was just like, saw that it came on. So I watched the first episode. Then after that, I'm like, oh, Jordan, this is going to be awesome. I mean, the first episode itself was about, uh, not asteroids, space invaders. Space invaders. Well, just the, just the rise of everything, the arcades pong in general because it's also something that i don't think about a lot but video games are still relatively new they've just come a really long way since their inception but yeah they came started coming out like well like well cabinets have been around for a decent longer but like home consoles themselves have not been around very long you know well i mean like 40 years but still like technically not a super long time so it's still relatively new invention you know, so it's just was so cool to see the beginnings. And I love this docuseries. I, I loved it. I had a great time with it. And I'm so glad you're like, yeah, let's watch it. Because we had or- originally talked about just doing half of it. And then I just texted him like, uh, I, I finished it. And then you told me today that you finished it. So I'm like, all right, well, we're talking about the whole thing. Talking about it? Oh, yeah. So I don't know. Do you, how do you want to do this? Like episode by episode? Because as a whole, so my overall thing, like, again, this is just great. goes down smooth. I had a lot of fun. Uh, the talking about just the beginnings was so much fun. Nintendo and their uprising, like, the whole episode dedicated to Nintendo, I just loved that episode so much. I think Nintendo episode, which is episode two, and the last episode, episode six, which was about the uh, beginnings of first-person shooter, 
were my two favorite ones, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, how do you want to go about talking about this? I mean, we can try going episode by episode because the first episode is essentially all about the inception of like cabinet games, but more it focuses on asteroids, space invaders, or space. God, I'm gonna keep saying that too. Uh, space invaders. And real quick, I apologize ahead of time. I do not know or remember anybody's names and you know this person invented this that that so i'm just gonna refer to it as like this guy or that gal <laughs> i don't know i i don't there are so many names involved in all this that i just yeah yeah apologize ahead of time Oof. now is this real quick by the same people that did the movies that made us or the toys that made us i think so because they're using the same narrator same, and okay that the is same the same life. narrator okay yeah which also was kind of a pleasant surprise because I had thought it was by them. And, you know, like they're the two that they've come out was the toys that made us and the movies that made us, which were each about half an hour, you know, 20 to 30 minutes long each episode. So they're like, well, this is also still very like wide brush strokes. Like there's definitely a lot of in-between knowledge in between like everything they talk about in this docuseries. I don't think it is the same narrator. I thought it was. But they're 45 minutes long, which is a lot more in-depth than I thought it was going to be, which was great. Yes. So, yeah, episode one, yeah, just talks about the beginnings. And it's just, oh. One thing, let's just start with, I love the opening intro to this. The music, the visuals, was just so cool. Oh, I know. That 8-bit chip tune that they have. Yeah, like, yeah I, I didn't I hit the watch skip the intro, intro button once watching this because I just want to see that every time. I know, it was fucking great. It's a great intro sequence. for. Kind of reminded me of that, remember that Sesame Street segment with the uh, pinball going through everything? No. No? One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, seven, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. No? I don't know if they had that on Sesame Street when I was watching it. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just dated myself, but that's all right. <laughs> but yeah, sweet intro. And yeah, so in episode one, we just get into the beginnings of everything. You know, you got pong gets invented and then from from there yeah uh the gentleman that's like hey we want something new and space invaders and just just watching all the artists like how you know they uh, everything would just start out with a sketch on paper every idea would just would just sketch it out and just see, get that from paper to computer and what a you just know, a ride and one of my favorite things about especially when we're talking about like the 8-bit and the 16-bit era one of my favorite like things that they touched on in several episodes was like you know the artists behind like these famous some of the artists behind like these really famous characters like you you see their original sketch art and it's just so detailed and there's just so much like just detail in it i, I don't know what else to say like it just looks so good and clean and then there's like and we loved it. And so we put that in the game. And it's, since it's 8-bit, it just looks nothing like the drawing. Right. So that was one of my favorite things. Just like seeing the original artwork, you're like, wow, that looks amazing. That looks so cool. And seeing the 8-bit version, you're like, well, okay, yeah. I, it would have blown my mind. I, I think one of the well, areas where that stood out is when they are talking about Final Fantasy. How he had all yeah. these different characters for the uh, game and then what they look like in 8-bit. And like, eh, well. Yeah, yeah, but I also like when, like, especially pertaining to the space invader like him showing off like how he designed like in like graph paper how he designed all the characters how he's like oh this one's like a crab and i'm 
when he when he said that, I'm like, I never knew that was a crab. Now that I know that you had crab in mind, I can kind of see it, but mm-hmm. it still doesn't really look like a crab. But I don't know. <laughs> I oh, and also I looked it up. The designer of Space Invaders was Tomoro Nishikado. And that's the best I can do. Yeah. But if that's not right, I don't know. But yeah, so I don't know. It was so cool. I love and also it's kind of cool, like like I said, since it's video games are semi like a recent invention as far as like I don't know, history goes, I guess. I mean, like they're, they're you still get to sit down. Yeah, oh, like you get to sit down with these living living legends, uh, like the guy who invented Space Invaders. You get to sit down and you get to interview that guy. So the guy that started Atari, having him in the doc series, amazing. Exactly. I mean, like seeing all these like living legends, like, and as like a person who loves video games, like, well, I'm not like know everything about them. I know good amount i guess yeah i guess i guess i should say this up front is i'm not a, i would never consider myself a gamer but i do like and appreciate game i mean growing up we didn't have video games till or a video s- s- console till probably i don't know when, when whenever the N- nintendo 64 came out is when i finally got my hands on a super nintendo so i was a little behind the times but super was my first console i mean i had friends that you know they had nintendo and super nintendo you know, Trevor down the street. Um, yeah. And I'm sure, yeah, I had another friend that had Sega, so I got to at least get a, my hands a little bit on that. But otherwise, we had, we had a couple PC games in the late 80s, early 90s, but that was about it. I remember one specific one called Cosmo. Got this alien with suction cups for hands. When I'm thinking of, like, the oldest, like, computer games I can remember are Shadow of the Empire that star wars game already and, in the 3d for him for his earliest memories <laughs> and rainbow six on the pc which i actually saw oh, a yeah. recent like video of the gameplay i'm like oh my god that at, to me at this point i'm like that's unplayable at this point i couldn't i could used that. to be cutting edge too i know that's i the funny remember part. when shadows and jedi knight were cutting edge yeah i know and I actually wish they would, with the same maps and everything, re-release uh, Jedi Knight, but just put, um, just upgrade the graphics. Hopefully, look around to it. That'd be awesome. Because I mean, that'd be a really like cool it. thing to do for as far as like companies making a few extra bucks. It's just upgrade classic games. Well, that's upgrade. what they're doing. They do a lot of that nowadays. Like for the last five to ten years, we've seen a lot of like playstation classics and other stuff getting re-released with upgraded graphics and i remember so one of the first so we had the cosmo game about the alien with suction cups for hands that was actually pretty fun i mean as a kid like eight i loved that game um and then we had the i remember i cannot remember the name of it but we had a fantasy game where you know with strategy and things like that where you you had to uh help not recreate, but help restore old fairy tales because, like, some evil person, you know, it's with classic fairy tales, like, put everything out of whack and you had to, like, help Jack find his beans for his beanstalk and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that. But that was the first, like, adventure game I remember playing ever. Yeah, that just cracks me up. I don't know. It just, it seems so silly to talk about. I was like, yeah, it was, like, just very basic and rudimentary. Cause but like, I mean, I loved it. We, we only had a PC for the longest time and I loved it. I loved it so much. And yeah, I remember putting a Super Nintendo on my Christmas list like six years in a row and never getting it. 
I was pissed. I should have told her, I wrote a text to her mom recently. Like, you know what? I've been watching this docuseries and it reminded me of uh, all those Christmases I never got a super. Thanks. Like, that... but, you got, you, but you got it eventually, didn't you? I'm like, well, yeah, eventually I, had a, I saved up and uh, yeah, mowed a few lawns and went and bought my own used one. Yeah, like I bought it when they released the Nintendo 64. <laughs> yeah. When it was no longer like... I might have been behind the times, but I was stoked for my super. That was my first... You know what? what uh, I'm just going to... Before, before we get... We should probably move on soon, but one more thing I want to say is that Super Nintendo, we had the Super Nintendo version of the Aladdin game, and I saw one of my favorite gaming memories to this day is every like Sunday we'd have breakfast, like family breakfast. I remember that before that we even had breakfast, which is probably about like 9, 30, 10, we were talking, I'm like, yeah, I could beat the Aladdin game in one life. And you're like, no, you fucking couldn't. And we bet $5. And before breakfast was like <laughs> even on the table, I beat the entire game without dying. Nice. And I still remember that as one of my proudest gaming memories. Because I'm like, no, I totally could. And I did it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you some of my favorite Nintendo memories soon when we get to the Nintendo episode. But yeah, we'll, let's see. Let's stay on track here. Um, <laughs> No, that's a great story. <laughs> but uh, so the first episode, yeah, we talked about Space Invaders, the invention of that, and just kind of the, everything kickstarting. I mean, the rise of arcades. I mean, just think of like, you know, just how new and like, whoa, this must have been as a kid back then. Like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. I mean, arcades yeah. were so big that what was it, 82 when the first Tron came out? Based, yeah. based on going into an arcade game. I know arcades were huge. Like they were talking, talking about how like you could pretty much find an arcade on like in a major city on like every block. And yeah, it just I, kind of bumps me out because like now they're coming back in like you know twenty one and over bars. Like we have one in Portland, hell yeah. Ground Control, where you can go and drink beer and play oh, classic arcade games. Now it's coming that. back in. They must not be doing too hot right now. I didn't even think of them. I know Dave and Buster's near our place has uh, been shut down the whole time. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> stupid code. but yeah so but yeah no so like it was crazy to hear about that i mean but also like i'll say one of my favorite stories from the first episode was about the guys who were went to mit and to make some extra money what they did was they bought a pinball machine and put it in a dorm and would go collect the money and mm-hmm. then they said by their third year they had six pinball sh- six pinball machines in different dorms they were like making 250 dollars or over 250 dollars a week something something like that yeah i think by the end they sit there they're making like 600 he's like and that's how i paid for school which you know like that's genius (laughs) i mean that would probably work nowadays i mean maybe not as well but i feel like if you put a pinball machine in a dorm people would use it yeah i I still love pinball oh yeah no i did too every time every once in a while i go to a pinball bar and it's just fun to just play some pinball i remember uh this was a sweet idea i was visiting our sister in brooklyn hey lauren and uh we went to a laundromat who you go at the back end of the laundromat you go through a door and it's a bar with pinball machines everywhere so while your clothes are going you can go drink and play pinball see that's perfect that makes so much sense makes doing your laundry a little more spendy but hey it's fun at least yeah but at least it makes it can make it an event you know yeah yeah so much fun 
So that was, I mean, that I think that's the one story I remember. Well, that and them like hacking machines and making like the cabinets harder. So what they, yeah, they, yeah, oh, yeah, because they were the ones that uh, they talked about making uh, more levels for uh, Pac-Man, right? Yeah, that they got. Well, they got what? They get sued by Atari. They got sued by a fucking giant, and they won the lawsuit. <laughs> Because they were like making like essentially DLC. They're making add-ons for games. Mm-hmm. They're like to make them harder and you just plug in the chip and they were selling them to arcades. And then the people who actually made the games were like, you can't fucking do that. Which also like, even though this is like the 80s, I feel like you can't fucking do that. And then they got sued, but somehow they won. So I'm like, that makes sense. But I'm really surprised about like, that just cracked me up. Yeah. No, that's a good story. Uh, I'm trying to think what else came from that. I mean, yeah, you saw Pac-Man. And yeah, they talked about how we, to get kids engaged more, we have to add new levels, new challenges. Uh, they did a small segment on Miss Pac-Man, how we need a, uh, you know, we need some more, we need to uh, appeal to our female audience. So, boom, Miss Pac-Man's born. I know, and I love how one of my favorite parts is like all these like old video archive, like vi- like interviews of just like 80s kids like oh the news like oh how do you why do you like miss pacman she's like oh, i don't know you know it's just like seeing all this like actual 80s kids like be like yeah we yeah well the, the gal that uh was the space invader champion really cool seeing her and in, interviewed yeah oh yeah that also happened yeah i love that and i like how like how rinky dink like the world championship was and She's just like, yeah, I just played until I died. And they're like, well, I guess I didn't win. They'll be like, congratulations, you won. She's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And when was the first, probably, what did they say the first tournament for anything ever was? Was it early 80s? But they had tournaments as far as, they weren't like anything spectacular like they are now, but they still had first tournaments somewhere back then, which, yeah, I didn't know they went dated back that far, but that was pretty cool. Um I, think, uh, I mean, the earliest like video game tournament, which was probably a very small tournament, was 1972. Wow, that's crazy. Pong tournament? No, it was for Space War, which they mentioned Space War in one of the episodes when they break into the computer lab after hours and they played Space War. Yeah, and that was the that was the. Uh, that was the interview of the guy who they called the godfather of video. Who started Atari. The games. Because wasn't that the guy who made Atari? Yeah. yeah. So, exactly. yeah so that, oh, so speaking of Atari, yeah, that was a big part of episode one as well, as they talk about Atari and the game that killed him, E.T. Yeah. Which I have heard about this game. I heard that it was just a landfill game where just like everybody threw it out because it was garbage. There's so a whole documentary out there. I forget what it's called about just that game. I know you told me about that a long time ago and I yeah. never got around to watching it. But to hearing like at least a shortened version of that story and it's like, yeah, instead of a few months, they gave what they gave him six weeks or something. Something crazy like that. I'm like, how do you expect a good product in that short of time? Yeah, and they're like, oh, it was dog shit. It's your fault. You're like, it was six weeks. We usually get at least six months. Yeah. <laughs> like, what were you expecting? You know, and just like, hearing the actual us. story behind that cracked me up and how he went to talk to Spielberg. Well, because I think E.T. was the biggest 
uh, movie that year. So they're like, we need this by Christmas. Kids are hyped for this movie. We need a game by Christmas. Exactly. So, I mean, they got their sales. It's just everybody threw it away afterwards. Or tried returning it. I don't know, but that was the... I don't know. Just what they show inside the thing, too, makes it look like a pretty lame game. But, I mean, you know, with Atari, you have what? Like, do you, is it even 8-bit? I guess it's 8-bit. Early 8-bit games. Yeah, I guess. I don't know the bits for the original Four Atari. 4-bit? <laughs> I don't know. We played Pong, and I don't know how many bits you need for Pong. I don't know. But... Yeah, so that game just killed. Uh, one thing I love about this docuseries too is I love all the illustrations all throughout. Like whether it's in like eight bit, usually it's an eight bit, you know, cartoon. I thought, you know, all throughout all six episodes is just a lot of fun that help tell the stories. But why don't we move on here to the next episode? So episode two, we've got Nintendo and their uprising, and yeah. That was this was probably one of my favorite episodes. Probably, I guess I'm a little biased towards Nintendo because like the Super was my favorite system right. growing up. I loved it. I mean, my friends and I played the crap out of Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart. We loved that game so much. Yeah, yeah. Played Mario Kart a ton. Um, Turtles in Time. I was actually playing that last night. Okay, that is still one of my favorite games to play. If I see it in an arcade, I can't help like they have it at ground control. So as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I sat there for, like, 40 minutes just playing it. Because we played that a lot on the Super Nintendo. So much fun. The uh, Star Wars original OT trilogy games, all three of those yep. are great. So I'm, I'm trying to remember some ones that we had growing up. Oh, another one that was one of my favorites that uh, I now have on the special edition Super, Maximum Carnage. Yeah. That was always a favorite of mine, too. Very cool Spider-Man game. game. One of those ones that had sweet music to go along with it, too. I know. It was just like 90s Edge is what that game was. (laughs) So much fun, though. Uh, What was another? Virtual Bart was a big one for my friends and I. Trevor owned it, and we played that one all the time. Still never got past the damn seals. (laughs) I, I remember we watched recently like a video of somebody actually doing that and then they got to a new section that we had never even seen yeah i'm like there's more i thought for sure seals are it like this is the end of the level because i could not beat the damn seals and then to find out there's even more after that i'm like oh my gosh i know i forgot what the last stage like the stage after that was the last stage when it's like holy you're inside a circus tent yeah (laughs) oh oh man batman returns was another really fun one back in the day i just love that anyway but yeah uh soups nintendo uh you had the uh, guy who mattered tetris love that story yeah like that kid who what he got like fourth place the first time but he won a game boy in tetris so then he played the shit out of tetris and then the next year he won the world championship yep fun story there good Oh, I just, well, I love that story because he talks about his parents. And yeah, it was kind of funny because especially like these are, video games are brand new. And to see like parents like looked happy to be there too and cheering their son. I'm like, this is so weird to me because I'm like, as a parent, like you're just like, I feel like you'd be like, what the fuck is, why am I here? What is this? Yeah. What what is he doing? But I, I just thought that was kind of cool that they're just like, oh, yeah, you won fourth place. That's pretty cool, I guess. Like, 
and just supportive parents i guess maybe maybe we just didn't have that <laughs> i don't know i thought that was I'm pretty like, fun wow, though. That's awesome. but yeah so yeah, i mean you've got arcades are just huge in the 80s and then nintendo this nintendo company is like well you know we have our donkey kong which that was an interesting story i never knew they got sued by universal <laughs> oh yeah that was because they thought oh people might confuse donkey kong for king kong and, and then, then they took him to court. Then they took him to court. Then you had the uh, defendant go to Japan and look around like, well, there's Kong this, Kong that, Kong that. I think Kong just means giant gorilla in general. Like, Yeah, synonymous, at least. Yep. So they won that suit. And I like how they wheeled a... Uh, Pro- like, brought the cabinet into cabinet. court. There we go. Brought the cabinet into like, court. I just imagine plugging in and be like, does this make you think of King Kong, sir? I don't think... I didn't think so. Yeah. Like, just like here, at the, I just imagine a lawyer walking over, popping in a quarter and starting to play. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I remember, I old enough to remember Nintendo, and I mean, that just exploded. I mean, all kinds of kids in the late 80s had a Nintendo in their house. Yeah. I remember I mean, at least, at least, yeah, a good handful of my friends had the Nintendo, and yeah, gosh, the games we had back then, of course, you got Mario duck hunt classics metroid metroid the first metroid yeah then ended all with final fantasy because i think that was the last game they ever put out before the super was launched i think so but yeah uh so that was just a fun episode though fun segment i'm I'm, I'm trying to think of some details from it there's just there was so much to see in this six parts Oh, and they also touch on, which something I had completely forgotten about, because again, I didn't grow up in this era, but I've heard of this, was the Nintendo, like, I forgot what they were called, but like, essentially, like, I almost said Power of Games, but like, the Nintendo, like, counselors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a call center where you would just call in if you got stuck on a game, and somebody would pick up and be like, hey, oh, how can I help you? Oh, you're stuck on this level? Okay, describe the level to me. I can only imagine how fucking frustrating that would be. It's like, what level are you on? Uh, I don't know. I'm just talking. Well, to like and d- didn't the guy say too that they had never, that no one did like, when you got the job, they didn't hand you a booklet or anything. You had to just play and figure it out on your own. Yeah. And you'd have to make everybody like showing them their detailed notes, like as they're playing, they're like marking, making their own maps and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine how fun, but also frustrating because you're like, I'm trying to help them. I'm trying not to get fired. But also, I don't know what fucking level this six-year-old is trying to tell me he's on. <laughs> but that is just kind of like, because obviously now, like, I mean, the birth of the internet kind of completely eliminated that as something viable. Especially YouTube. <laughs> YouTube, especially, yeah. So you got walkthroughs now, but even when, a, like, Halo 3 was came out which i mean youtube was just a few years old at that point you know you go to like cheatcodes.com for like tips or like cheat codes and all that crap and now you just watch a walkthrough like there's so many other ways to just like figure out this instead of calling a phone line and getting charged a lot and having cool cool idea for nintendo though i i like that i mean great cutting edge at the time okay i'm stuck on this level i'm just gonna call this hotline and hopefully they can help me get out of here exactly I, I just like that cracked me up like the interview with the nintendo counselor was great i liked him a lot yeah he was fun 
Yeah, so yeah, cool just know. seeing like you see what they look like now, then going back then. There's a lot of that back and forth, and I just oh, I just loved it so much. And it's it, oh. uh, so what do we have after Nintendo? After Nintendo, we moved on to um, what was the next role players? Role play games, yeah. And they talked a lot about Dungeons and Dragons and how that inspired a lot of role play games. So yep. crazy that I never I never knew this was a thing or existed was the first role play game was on um. What did they call that before Windows? Oh, the oh, crap. What was that? Like shitty little like all-in-one, like everything's attached computer. Not dot matrix. Uh, what did they call that system? I'm looking it up. Sold, I forgot. Let's see. Shit. Well, I thought I'd find it faster. Anyway, I think we should probably just move along because it's not as easy to find as I thought. I'll just look up early. I'll... What Apple II? No. Before that, the the Windows one. Hmm. DOS, MS DOS. Duh. All right. Okay. All right. Anyway, yeah. I'm gonna exonerate myself. Well, we're definitely gonna edit that out because that was a sad long time. MS yeah. DOS. <laughs> so. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see them start up. So yeah, I never knew this existed. But yeah, all the way back to MS DOS, they had a strategy game where literally the computer would like ask you questions like, "Do you want to go here or this?" No visuals of any kind, no photos, nothing. You would just say, "Yeah, let's go into this room." All right, now we're in this room. Now what do you want to do? But that was like I never even knew that kind of game existed back then, as far as strategy yeah, goes. That it goes back that game. far. Yeah, I've heard of Texas Adventure Games, never played one because I'm like, at this point, why would I? I yeah. Thanks. There's no point for me, personally. But to like, you know, watch people like, gee, this thing is fucking sweet. Like, I loved, and this episode is an episode where this, you're, they're interviewing this woman and she's like, I love adventure. I love like hiking and stuff and all this other stuff. But she's like, but when I saw an adventure game, like a, like a role-playing, like, um, text adventure she's like i was hooked like i don't know what it i didn't understand it at first but she just fucking loved it and like played the shit out of one to a point and she's like it took over my life like you know to the she, point she's where, the one that was married to the guy, programmer right yes high school but to hear her story just like nothing about games or gaming like never interested in just getting a hold of one of these and just like it taking over your life it kind of like it to me it just feels like if one of my friends came up, she's like, yeah, I got hooked on playing Asteroids at the arcade. I'd be like, what the frick are you talking about? Asteroids <laughs> <laughs> is fun. Yeah. I, but so hearing her story and how like that's all she could think about to the point that she wrote her own adventure game. And then she's essentially like made a design doc. And then she had her husband like, hey, I need you to code this. Oh, I mean, our, and our, she's talking like back in the day. I mean, I think this is where the Apple II came in is they were using like you literally had like axes next to each other trying to create paths to go down. Just super basic, super basic. But oh man, yeah, just watching them design this early stuff was so much fun. I gosh, I just, I just had such a blast with this. Right, and this this whole thing. And the game that she made was called Mystery House. I had to look it up, but I loved how she's like, I took it as far as I can. And she handed it to her husband. She's like, I want to make this text adventure game. And he's like, well, this has already been done. So how about we make it with graphics? And apparently that was just like the first game that like that had graphics. 
like on the at least on the computer i was just like that's fucking crazy and it was so cool like i loved that story like the show the super rudimentary graphics were essentially just lines you know that made what what year was was there a game at uh let me see mystery house i guess yeah look up that real quick i guess the whole point is it's crazy to think just how actually ahead of its time the first tron was it says it came out in 1980 okay 1980 graphics but just think though tron one came out in 1982 and how ahead of its time those cgi graphics were yeah they look so laughable today but my gosh, that was a groundbreaking back then. Still great. Still fun to watch. Still like both of them. But yeah, so like her story with her like making the whole thing and have her husband coding it. And it like, I just love that story. That was probably my favorite, like the standout of that entire episode was her. But then also the weird Dungeon Master guy was pretty hilarious too. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. I, I, I mean, he made that. Oh, crap. What was that video game series? He made like a, an adventure game like series. Like essentially he made a D&D campaign. Yeah. Which is awesome. I mean, it's so, always cool to see like people like taking like those hobbies and be like, you know, what? I'm just going to make a game or like do something super creative. And I always like hearing those stories. Yeah. No, same here. I guess. Um. I guess the next big category, the next episode, Sega comes into play. Like, someone wants to develop a, another Japanese company wants to develop a uh, competitor for Nintendo. So Sega comes on board, and they they get the guy from America. I forget what 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 did he what did he see that he liked about him. It was like, hey, come work for us. I think you just like, well, yeah, they came come work for us. They had him pitch like their plan to attack Nintendo, and uh, I. Which that five-step plan was great, and how they went down little by little, each each one. Yeah. Um, I forgot. Yes, Sega comes in, and but yeah, it made sense. Uh, Sega's strategy was like, we're gonna have more sports games than Nintendo. We're gonna have better graphics than Nintendo, because yeah, Nintendo one was eight bit, Sega Genesis was sixteen, so yep. better graphics, and appeal to teens you know older audience we're gonna get that old and their strategy is great too we're gonna appeal to this older audience but then their younger kids that are playing nintendo are gonna like want to do what their older siblings are doing which i mean makes a whole lot of sense oh that's genius yeah like that's just like i was even there to explain that i'm like that makes so much fucking sense you know but i yeah and i did know about their slogan of the sega deal with nintendo don't which still a great slogan. I actually yeah. said that to somebody once after I beat a level that they couldn't. That's funny. <laughs> but it's just, I love that guy and I love to have his, his strategy made so much sense. And I heard about like, yeah, like S- Nintendo was buying like ad space for like Saturday morning cartoons and Sega would advertise during Beavis and Butthead <laughs> and, you know, and stuff like that. I had forgotten about it till I mentioned it. One thing I love too is how they would show clips from all these old commercials. Like I love the ET one with ET pre- in the Christmas presents and everything. Oh my god! Yeah, seeing that all those old commercials are probably like that and like the old archival footage of like '80s teens, like amazing. So much fun! But I love one thing I had totally forgotten about that I completely remembered as soon as it happened was all the Sega commercials ending with Sega, Sega, Sega. 
It's like, it's, it's like, Sega! Like, Wilson probably, what the fuck was that? But yeah, no, that, you know, I've, I've seen commercials like that, but it's so fun to see so many and them kind of like, their whole strategy was like, we're going to dunk on Nintendo and we're going to be the cool older brother to Nintendo. You're like, yeah, yeah, Nintendo's cool and all, but. I mean, they, and I, I do remember those, um, seeing these on TV, the side-by-side comparison commercials were like, look at our graphics versus Nintendo's graphics. Yes. I mean, yeah, the Sega episode, I love that because, you know, it's always fun to see the console wars at the earliest form. And seeing the guy, like, the interviewing the guy who made the attack plan and to how, I think it was during one of his interviews, he's like, yeah, they're like, oh, we, we, the Japanese executives were like, we hate you. We hate this plan. And the guy who brought him on is like, you know, I've hired you for a reason, so you just do it. And, you know, and he ended up he went through his plan it fucking worked got a huge part of the market yeah i mean the creation of a uh, sonic was fun that is another thing that sonic is one of those funny things that it was literally he was made to be cool and that usually absolute like that never works like if adults are like we're gonna make this cool character on purpose and send it off to kids. That hardly ever works, but, but they purposely made it. His fucking, his shoes were supposed to, product of his times, his shoes were supposed to be like Michael, Michael Jackson's red shoes. That's literally where they got the idea. Awesome. I think that's probably where the gloves came from too. Yeah. But they made him cool on purpose, made him with a lot more attitude, and it worked. And I loved, oh, they talked about how the, guy like made three different drawings and went around central park asking people which one they preferred and sonic's just like what, basic design what a cool idea as far as like yeah. seeing what the audience out there wants or want, would like to see yeah i mean smart too that's cool so then we move on here and we got violent games fighter games we got street fighter and mortal Kombat coming to play and that was really cool seeing the origins of those especially like how he would go around taking photographs and like all right we'll make this the background of the game that they fight in front of i remember those games being huge back in the day oh yeah especially oh well yeah i've known i knew a little bit about never not really the street fight well i did know a little bit i listened to a lot of podcasts (laughs) but like watching just I know the controversy around Mortal Kombat, especially when first came out, I was like, oh my god, I can't fucking believe they would put this in a video game. You know, and then especially looking at it now, I'm like, laughable. Absolutely laughable. Decapitation, to, blood, yeah. As, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. I know, but this is like the first of its kind. They're just like, because we're still like in the gen, like, vicinity's like, yeah, video games are for kids, but sometimes adults play them, but they're for children. Then you see this, you're like, these are supposed to be for children. You know, that no one really defined yet. They're like, no, we're going to make video games for older audiences and adults even. Yeah, and that's where rating system came into play. I mean, so good good did come out of those court hearings with Congress and stuff. Yes. Honestly, like, I think it was in this one as well that they mentioned the Night Trap game that almost got video games entirely banned. Oh, is that the strategy it, game where they recorded all the video? How was that supposed to work? They talked about it being on a VHS with a weird remote. How was that supposed to work? 
I have no idea. All I know is they have the 25th edition, like anniversary edition. I can buy that for my Nintendo Switch right now and play it. You just might have to do that. I almost did. I'm like, yeah, this is for research. I'm like, $15. Because they, like, they show the remote, because they, they said it's VHS, right? How, unless it's digital, I don't see how you're supposed to be able to do, I, so, I don't know. The way I imagine it is kind of think of it as like a choose your own adventure, like reading game where you're just like, what do you choose? This, this, or this? You chose this option. Okay, flip to page like 84. I imagine it would be like, okay, you chose this option. Go to this timestamp. Fast forward to this? Okay, Fast I, forward. I guess. I don't know how else that would work. On VHS? Yeah, I, I don't know. Cool idea, but man, did that the acting was cheesy. It looked like porn, like straight up. Just, <laughs> just like ball, that low budget. Low budget porn. Oh my gosh. And I do like how he, yeah. vampires are too, or uh, ninja breaking into your house. You know, that's just way too out there. Like, you know, we don't want that. Not only out there, not only too much, but also what, what do they call it? Like recreatable violence or reproducible violence. Yeah. But when they were showing those things, like, we have these aesthetic hands that'll go around people's necks and a drill will go into their neck and then suck blood out. I'm like, that's better than ninjas? Are you serious? That, that killed me. I fucking died. When they're like, yeah, we wanted them to be vampires and they would just suck people's blood and be like, no, no, that's reproducible. That's too much. But a home invader with a gigantic fucking drill that they just shoot a giant hole in your neck and suck your blood i'm like that's fucking horrifying yeah way worse <laughs> like, than vampires in my opinion better. it's like well it's not reproducible like neither was a vampire but okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> and hasbro i like how just fucking eventually like after putting all of this on because this was funded by hasbro after was like no million, never mind fuck this, this they're like doing yeah let's not never mind yeah but yeah, you can buy that game today for modern formats. And I honestly really thought about it. If I wasn't, if I didn't already buy it, wasn't planning on buying my Lego, I probably would have played it a little bit and told you how shitty it was. Anything for a good laugh? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that, that was one of my favorite segments. It was that. I just couldn't believe how ridiculously I mean, bad it was. I mean, seeing it now, I had heard of it, but I'd never really watched any clips of it. But watching all the clips, I'm like, I would love to play this because I love like B-movie horror, and this is exactly what that is. Yeah. And he even says it, they made it into a B-movie horror movie with all their fucking notes. I mean, he tried. They, I don't know. But to think that that was the game that set off Congress, I was just like, again, laughable to today's standards. I mean, I, I still see why, but yeah. I mean, it's just something like, it's new, it's dangerous, it's kind of scary. Like, instead of pool halls making our kids dangerous, now it's these video games. Uh, it's just, again... Well, I remember, we'll get into it here on the last episode, but I, I remember I got in a lot of trouble when we were kids playing Doom. Well, I mean, like, yeah, our parents, super, like... It, super violent. No, actually, Dad didn't care. Should, no, we, just get, Dad should, we, get in, should we get into Doom? Well, hang on. So, before, well, okay. I guess no, go going into Doom, I'll tell my, a little story of just personally. I remember when I, I don't know how old Gavin and I were, but we were hanging out, 
and I think we were like went over to grab you or something, but we talked to Trevor, you know, like neighborhood friend of yours, who I've known pretty much my entire life. But I remember he was like, hey, you guys want to see a game your parents will never let you play? And he showed us a game called Gears of War, which is, I mean, a pretty big franchise now, but it was like the first one. It was like super violent third-person shooter for the Xbox 360. And I remember Gavin and I being like, holy shit, this is crazy. And the next time I went over to Gavin's house, he's like, Daniel, my dad, my parents let me buy the game. And I remember <laughs> I was talking about it, and he's like, oh, I've heard about that game. You know, there's an option to turn the gore off. Are you going to do that? I'm like, yeah, of course we're going to turn the gore off. Of course. And he's yeah. like, I think he just kind of like, looking back on it, he's probably like, I had to do it because I'm a dad, but I didn't think he cared because I also think he absolutely knew that we absolutely were not going to turn yeah. the gore off. Oh, man. oh, so I, I have two games that are around the same thing, same era. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, the last episode, this was one of my favorite ones, was just talking about the uh, rise, the beginning and rise of first-person shooter. Love this episode so much. Talk the guys that because uh, yeah, we talked about. Super Nintendo having some 3D. Even I mean, even Mario Super uh, Super Mario Kart has a little bit of 3D to it. But yeah, you have Star Fox and the development of Star Fox. I mean, that was a really cool segment. Was watching the whole Star Fox be brought to life. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's cheeseball 3D to our standards today. But man, was that ahead of its time. But yeah, watching watching the uh, the story of the two guys that what they do is buy their own warehouse or rented a warehouse set it up and they went to you know they were on their way to make wolfenstein yeah wolfenstein 3d yeah john romero and tom hall that's what i was looking up okay and oh what a great story that is and i remember wolfenstein never played it but i remember hearing about it wolfenstein 3d you know it was the first Mm -hmm. person shooter to my knowledge that we ever had because yeah, I everything think so. been... at least the, the one that everybody was like, "Holy shit, this is the game." I mean, it, it laid new grounds. I mean, because yeah, before it was just like left to right scrolling and things like that, up and down. And all of a sudden, we're in this new world where yeah, you're you are. It looks more like you are the character going around and yeah, shooting things. Uh, but so two two these are my two things that were essentially banned from the house. I think Dad didn't care, but Mom was all about that. Was Doom, that game, loved it. I think I probably just got a copy of it from uh, Trevor <laughs> down the street. I know we had a copy of Doom for the Super Nintendo. And this was probably in 97, was Duke Nukem 3D. was declared, you know, adult-oriented, violent, everything. Irreverent, sexual. Yeah. Well, especially when he would cuss, too. Right. I'm trying to remember some of his lines. He had some funny lines. Yeah. Like, ooh, that must have sucked. Or that must have hurt. I don't know. It's literally, that's all Duke Nukem's bad ones. Like, you're a little bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's one, I mean, but I played the first two, um, you know, 8 8-bit and 16-bit Duke Nukem's back in the day. And I love those games so much. Oh, yeah. I actually wouldn't mind playing those again. They were both so fun. But then Duke Nukem 3D in doom but yeah zombies or whatever ghouls shooting them blood everywhere you should try to explain to mike no 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 i'm the good guy i'm killing the demons so they don't invade earth and take over 
I yeah, am that, helping the Christian cause. Yeah, that never worked with our mother. <laughs> I remember getting like, pound, pound, pound. Hey, come out. Just a minute. You know, like, I don't know. I got to hurry this up and beat this level quick. Yeah, pause the game. Turn it off. Oh, yeah, shit. Pause the game and, hit, and turn the, the monitor off quick. Yeah. Oh, so many, so many of those moments. But yeah, she would get so mad when she found out I was playing the game like that. It's going to rot your brain. It's going to corrupt you. It's going to make you a bad person. But yeah, what a fun episode, though. And how they talked about how they made their announcement for Doom is we're going to put this game online. You're going to be able to download like the first third of it for free. And if you want more, we got more. You'll have to pay for more, but we got more if you want more. Cool. This Very awesome way to advertise, in my opinion, especially if you're a startup company. Yeah, the shareware era of PC gaming is something I've only heard about because obviously I was not even alive while this was happening. Yep. But also, one of the things that they mentioned that I thought was really interesting, especially for its time, oh, I wrote it down, was they talked about in the episode was the Gamer's Edge magazine, where it's a subscription service where they would just mail you a floppy disk filled with an assortment of games every month it they didn't tell you what it was you didn't know what you were getting but every month as long as you have a subscription they would send you a floppy disk with like four or five games on it that you would get to play (laughs) which i know on a floppy disk one fitting four or five games too but also just like an interesting like pseudo like a subscription service at that early i thought was just kind of interesting but yeah, and then listening to like them how they got their name, which was awesome because it was from the color of money by Tom Cruise from Tom Cruise. Scorsese. Yes. I had never knew that ever. It was kind of funny too, because they're like, got this movie from or this idea from a Tom Cruise movie, and they should they cut to Tom Cruise, and I'm like, oh man, what movie is this? Definitely in the 80s, but one movie. And then you see the pool hall and you're like, color of money? What? <laughs> and I hadn't watched this in a while, so I'm like, oh my gosh, what line or what what are they gonna show? And then they have they show the guy look at Tom Cruise's character. What do you got in there? He's like shaking his head. Doom. Which, I mean, I that happens time and time again in nerd media, where a bunch of nerds are just playing video games, coding and shit, watching like like films that like you know like pop like just and watching movies all day every day, and then of course they get a name from that. I mean. That happens so many times and just like for nerd stuff that it just it cracks me up. But I love I'd never known that they got Doom from the name. <sighs> that just cracked me up. But that whole episode and like how I forgot what game they or they put out Wolfenstein, then they're just like, you know what? We're gonna be like, you know what? Like they made like essentially a blog post they're like, you guys aren't ready. In one year, we're gonna come out with the best game you've ever seen. It's gonna blow your fucking socks off. You know, and then they're like, "What's the game?" We're like, "Well, you don't know. We have to make it now." Yeah, and they didn't even know. Oh, that they were- one thing I never knew about Doom is the customizability of it. I never knew about that. I had heard about that, but seeing like the gameplay of like what, like yeah, because they after like the original Doom came out, they opened up like they put out their source code so people could mod it. And, like, we saw, like, what, like, a Batman version of it. Um, I'm trying to think. A Star Wars version. I remember seeing that in one of the clips. Guy going around with a toothbrush. Yeah, like, that just cracked me up. And, like, seeing, like, people taking the base and, like, probably, like, some of the first, like, game modding that ever happened, if not the first. Yeah. 
Well, which cool idea. Again, they just, you know, what a way to advertise for your company. And I, are they still around? It software is still around. They actually have rebooted Doom in the last, like in 2016, they put out a rebooted version of Doom, which people fucking love. Oh man. Because they talk that. about how when they were rebooting the Doom series, he was in like a meeting. He's like, what do people like about Doom? And they're like, and he went around and talked to all the staff and they're like, well, this, this, oh, Doom means this, Doom means that. And he's like, you're all fucking wrong. Doom means demons and shotguns. That's it. And that's pretty much the how they rebooted the game. They just essentially made it, you kill to get more ammo, you kill, like, just keep killing. And that's the only way to play the game. So, awesome. so people fucking love it. And they just came out with the second one, too. And it's just crazy. It's still around. People, st- id software is still around. One, one thing I wish they would have touched on was the Dreamcast. How that came and went so quick and basically killed Sega. Ahead of its time, but still somehow killed Sega. I wish we would have dived into that a little bit. Yeah, I don't think, I don't remember them mentioning the Dreamcast at all. They mostly focus on the Genesis. No, because I mean, the, yeah, and the Dreamcast too was like, what did we have around the time? Nintendo 64, GameCube maybe, but it was way ahead of its time though. And it, for some reason, just didn't catch on. And then Sega just I mean, that was also, I think, when Sega was, like, saturating their own market because they were putting a lot of, like, add-ons to, like, the Sega Genesis. And then they were just essentially, like, putting out, like, console mod and then new console after new console that they just kind of killed their own hype. And that's I think that's what nailed in the coffin for Sega. That sucks. I wish they would... Because they didn't talk about the, the uh, game year at all either, really. No, I was kind of surprised they didn't. Because that was way ahead of its time too i mean that was a color game boy essentially and i remember kids that had that i mean only the rich kids in school had that one it seemed like i had my regular game boy but the rich kids had the game game gear it felt like that's what it seemed like at least they just look poorly at you talking down like what you don't have eight double d batteries every other day and and that was the one thing i remember about that system too is awesome for gaming and stuff but the battery life was so low yeah (laughs) yeah they're like you could go anywhere but you probably shouldn't because yeah that that thing probably did take like eight double a batteries or something i think they were like d batteries like i think they were the huge ones but yeah no game gear i didn't even think about that yeah i I wish they would have touched on those just a little bit but that would have uh, been fun otherwise yeah, we'll start wrapping this up here. We've gone kind of long, a little long, but pretty long. Awesome docuseries, though. I had so much fun watching this start to finish. Every episode was great. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention that was a real fun story was the gentleman that designed that uh, skater game, something like Gay Blades or something like that, and how he lost it in a move and then years later was on the internet trying to recover it. Yes, I know, which... Again, neat, like tiny little niche history. Yeah, he made like a get like yeah, Gay Blade, which was I think was like just an RPG, but like he like had like ministers and like I guess religious Puritans or something as like some of the enemies and stuff and some political figures of the time, like in the eighties. And that story of just like and then I fucking lost like the memory of it, or like he moved and then like one of his boxes that carried like his hard drives or something was lost yeah because he was moving from hawaii to the states or to the mainland and the box got lost 
And then, but, and then what, like years later, like 20 years later, somebody's like, I have a copy, I'll send it to you. So he was able to recover the game that he made. So crazy. Which, I mean, just crazy little stories like that. It was, it was great. It just made this docuseries so entertaining. Like you hear like, you got the big stuff and then little stuff that I've never fucking even heard of. Yeah. Oh, which, yeah. This is this is a lot of fun though. I'm I'm glad we did an episode on this because I I had a blast watching it and it's been fun just talking about it. All the stories are great. It's fun just talking about our own stories too, like your Aladdin story. Yeah. And, but yeah, I mean, after watching the last two episodes last night, I actually turned Netflix off and I plugged in my Super Nintendo and I played some good old Super Metroid. Hell yeah! And then you got frustrated and pissed off because you got stuck. Yes, I did. I got stuck on a level, <laughs> not not even I, yeah, stuck on a part of the level, and I don't know. I was probably for forty five minutes trying to figure out how to get the hell out of here. I was trying to blast my way through anything, trying to find a secret passage out, because came down this hole, <laughs> can't jump back up into it. But I don't know. I very frustrated. I was for like forty five minutes trying to figure it out. Probably should have called a Nintendo counselor. I probably should have, because eventually I just turned it off and went to bed. <laughs> Fuck this, I'm out. But man, what, uh, what fun! And one thing I love about these old games too, on the super, or I love some of the scores. And Metroid is one that has a really cool score to it. That I always like the Mega Man chip tunes for like the Mega Man X game we had for the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I loved those. So good, so good. But yeah, it was fun. I like, and actually, uh, before I finish those last two episodes, but. Beforehand, uh, one of my roommates and I, we, we watched or we played Turtles in Time. Hell yeah, dude, that game is so much fun. And yeah, I eventually, she was better than I was. I eventually, I died eventually, and she continued on for quite a while. So <laughs> we got to the, because it goes to, as well, this is funny. So this game came out in 1991, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, 91. And in part of it, they go, because they go back to historic like dinosaur ages and they're kind of coming forward. They go to mm-hmm. 2020. No one's wearing oh, a mask, really? though. Lucky bastards. I imagine robots walking around very cyber. Yeah, there's some futuristic stuff. Robots, yeah, but no masks. <laughs> well, they got it wrong. Simpsons they did, they did have some drone stuff going on, though. That was cool. That is true. That does happen. Got that lot. right. Oh, that sounds like fun. I don't, I've never gotten that far in that game, I don't think. Loads of fun. All right. Well, shall we wrap this up here? Yeah, let's call it good. I mean, obviously, both recommend the dog series. Six episodes, 45 minutes each, about for each episode. It's perfect if you don't have a lot of time just squeezing an episode, but it's super entertaining. Yeah, it's watching me. Well made, it, so here I think and there if you have to. What? I loved it, though. I thought it was fun. All right, Daniel, okay. where can they find us? You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter, movies underscore brews. Let us know what you thought of high score. Loved it. You know, what's your favorite gaming? Like, what's your favorite old school game? Or what's your favorite game? I don't know. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Thanks for downloading us and sharing us with friends. And we will talk to you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers. Cheers.